Hi, I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics located in Southgate, Kentucky. And welcome to Wheel Talk. Hey guys, we've loved answering all of your questions so far. If you'd like to hear your question on the podcast, please send them to us on Instagram at Wheel Talk Podcast or by email to wheeltalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. All right. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Somebody actually commented and said my favorite parts are when they sing or something. That was like. Lindy. Lindy okay. or It was Lindy. Was it, it Lindy? Okay. Lindy. Also, speaking of Lindy, she sent me a care package with um she sent me a tool and uh, also a mug that we traded we traded for the mug and then she sent all of these goodies and it was like three days before my birthday and i got these um and i've been saving these ones because i knew i was gonna like them and they're these fruit pastels they're called fruit pastels <laughs> by round trees uh, since 1881 and they're fucking delicious they're so good there was a mixed are they, bag are they more like like fruit heavy like fruit juice Kind of, that's where the sweetness comes from versus just this like artificial shit that we have here that's just like just sugar piled in there that's like fructose corn syrup kind of stuff nah, i feel like they're very fructose corn syrupy but they're vegan friendly um no <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> makes me feel good about this crap no but the flavors are really good like they taste like actual flavors you know they don't taste as fake i suppose yeah but um, I'm trying to, to, like, compare them to something here. I want to say that they're, like, a soft jujube, jujufruit. Jujuf- oh, my gosh. That's what I was just thinking. I was thinking of something that's, like, a Swedish fish texture, yeah, sour yeah, patch yeah. kid like texture. It's, like, chewier than a Swedish fish, so it, like, gets in your teeth more. But the taste is really good. And then there was the mixed bag one, and there was, like, little gumdrop ones that were almost like jujubes. And, um, but jujubes are, like, fucking hard. Those things, like, literally... Are those, like, dots? Yeah, they're, like, dots, and, uh... Oh, yeah, they're kind of like dots, but they're a little... Yeah, they're kind of like dots. I hate dots. Dots fucking suck. Yeah, but they taste better than dots. Well, I mean, anything tastes better than dots. <laughs> I like the pink dots. The one that's pink, you go, not like, orange, not I red. remember Halloween... Pink. Halloween shopping not shopping but halloween trick-or-treating yeah. you get the boxes of them you're like god good thing they only well, put like four of, of those like in there because that's like getting eh. a box of whoppers i felt like whoppers were my disappointment screw like, whoppers like i love whoppers and i hate whoppers all at the same time <laughs> uh. we never said we were live we're live <laughs> we are live you sang us we are, into we we are alive liveliness. <laughs> we are. Oh, we're alive. How are you, Ryan? Tell us about your day. I'm all right now. I had a shit show of a day today. Uh, all right. So the main issue of the day, this fucking deck, we're building. <laughs> <laughs> so we're rebuilding this deck in our backyard. Uh, 
We're doing it ourselves because we got a quote for a deck and a pergola, and it was like $17,000, and we were like, uh, no? So we're doing it ourselves. Rachel ripped up a bunch of the deck boards on Tuesday, so two-thirds of the deck is taken off already, and we were yeah. supposed to get the, I guess today's Wednesday, so we were supposed to get the deck delivered, the boards delivered today, but... They got delayed because they were out of stock at the store that we got them from and their delivery schedule is different than the store that they moved the order to. So the delivery got moved back to like 10 days from now. And Rachel was expecting to do it this weekend. So she's like, we're not delaying this. We're going and getting it all ourselves. We're not getting it delivered. So it's like 98 foot boards. So I'm taking the day off Friday and... Lots of expletives were spent to figure this out. But, Are you just uh, going to rent a truck? Yeah, so I I put in a thing. We're going to rent a U-Haul from right at the street here, go to Lowe's, tell them our order number, and be like, hey, we're going to schedule this as a pickup instead of a delivery so that we can, like, check this off. Because I was worried about having to, like, buy more boards and not get the same price and loading them up. It's already going to be a bitch to load it up drive it back, unload it. Yeah. Like 90 boards, right? And uh it's a lot. So that was what I was dreading. So I'm I got the day off Friday. I took the day off and then we're going to do that Friday morning. And it's like 80% chance of thunderstorms. So we'll see how that goes. Well, thankfully for you, Lowe's is um they have covered loading areas. They do. Yeah. Uh, so thankfully for you for that. Uh, also, you should probably Hopefully call Lowe's and warn them. Area. You should call Lowe's and tell them that you're going to do that before you actually do it, because then uh, it's not that big of an issue. Like, what if you get there well, and you're on, like... I was on the phone with two different Lowe's today and talked to him, so... Okay. Yeah. It was quite the task. Because I was like, hey... Now do you understand you why get... it was an $18,000 quote? Well, the quote was mostly the labor. I mean, the the lumber went up a lot, but the labor was the big. I know gap there. You know, when whenever we would um, quote decks for uh, painting, like when I used to work at Amsbury's, uh, we don't decks were always like five grand to paint, and he's like, we don't want to fucking do them. I mean, he didn't cuss, but he was like, we don't want to do them. If he wants to pay us five grand to do it, we'll do it. But I don't want to fucking paint that deck. Like, yeah. <laughs> decks Also, are we were, much- like, so behind the game on the whole booking people. Yeah. You can't wait until March to book somebody. Like, you got to do this no. at the end of the year, like, in the winter. When people aren't even thinking about it, you can't wait until it's starting to get spring. And you're like, you know what? We don't want a new deck. Let's just start calling yeah, people. Yeah, you should no, be. You're booked you out through the whole booking, year. Yeah, you should be booking at least six months in advance. For anything yeah. related to painting or building exterior products. So so we're doing that this weekend. Hopefully we get everything done by the end of the weekend, including Monday, because it's a holiday weekend. So we'll see how that goes. But that was the day. <laughs> and essentially I was basically doing all of that all day. And then it came around to like, you know, I had a couple work meetings and didn't get anything done during work. And then it hits 4 o'clock, and I'm like, well, I should probably fucking eat lunch, right? And then uh, <laughs> the day was over. So 
Wow. That's pretty that much been my day. So much fun. <laughs> I did get a little time to finish a little bit of those wooden cubby shelves that I'm building for somebody, so I saw that, that. was a little bit of progress being made. That's good. <sighs> what about you? Uh, you know what? I woke up and I feel like I, today was one of those days where I like, was like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I, I drove when to you got shirt. there or when you like got up, just got up. I was just like, can we just move to tomorrow? <laughs> um, I like drove to Sherwin Williams cause I'm moving to a new apartment in my building, um, next week. But I'm going to be gone. I'm going to two weeks. I'm going to be gone next week. So um, I got some paint from Sherwin, and I get there, and I'm, he's like, we don't have any fives. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, well. You don't have any fives? What do you mean? Dollar bills? Five gallon, no, five-gallon oh. buckets. And so oh. of, of what I needed. And so I was like, well, do you have singles? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, can I have five singles in a five-gallon bucket? <laughs> so. What do you need? A, you're going to use five gallons of paint to paint? What are you painting, the whole apartment or just, like, a feature wall? Obviously not a feature apartment. wall because it's, yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. So, so you're doing all I'm, that before you move into it, I guess? I'm not painting it. Oh. Somebody is painting it. Nice. So, yeah. Worked out a deal. So, painting Sweet. it gray because normally uh, the apartments are painted in tan. And uh, I was like is there any way i can get it gray and so i worked out a deal and then yeah you just have to supply it before you leave i'm guessing and then they mm -hmm. get the apartment ready for you before you get in there yeah i don't know if i'm allowed to say all that stuff but yes that's what's happening <laughs> that's what's happening somebody is painting it a painter is painting it Anyway, so, which is fine. But, um, yeah, so that's happening. And, uh, yeah, I just got to work, and I literally just, like, sat there for an hour. And I was just like, I don't want to fucking do this. Is I'm your 180-pot, like, like, hangover still looming or what? No. No, I don't know. I felt, like, really weak this morning when I woke up. I think it was, like, the weather because it rained today, and it's the full moon. So I'm, I'm attributing it to those two things. Are you, a, are you a full moon believer or? Hey, the moon, the moon moves the fucking ocean. Our bodies <laughs> are made up of 90% water or something ridiculous percentage of water. Like, obviously our bodies are affected in some way. It's a real thing. I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just science, Ryan. <laughs> it's just science, you know. It's just, it's just fucking science. <laughs> so anyway, that was my day, and then I forgot we were doing this podcast, and then. Here we are. But I watched Red today, so that was good. You watched Red? Yeah, the movie Red. See, I, I think I watched that one time, and I didn't really like it, but that could have been when I was younger, and it was, like, before I followed movies that well. 
Oh man, Red is one of my favorite like action movies. It's funny. I feel like it was kind of like maybe when I remember it, it was kind of like The Expendables, where there's just so many popular actors just for the sake of being a lot of popular actors. And yeah, it's but like, like the best ones. Great. It's got like Bruce Willis. It's got Morgan Freeman. It's got that one lady, and then it's got Marvin, who's the f- really funny old crazy guy. <laughs> I forget his name. But I'm not great with actors' names. But uh, anyway, I think it's great. And um, you need to rewatch it. Yeah, you should rewatch it. There's a second one too, and it's also funny. Um, yeah, so all is well. Nice. In love and war. Okay, should we read a review? Yeah. Did you pick Let's one? Do it. Yeah, I picked the oldest one in here. Nice. That's actually not the oldest one, but... I picked the one on the bottom. Okay, that would be the one of the newest ones, but... What? Look at the date on it. Scroll up. Why would you put these in the other way? Well, because the ones at the very top are the ones that people reviewed with a screenshot that are getting stickers. It does not feel like there's any order to this note, and I'm concerned. It, it's it's kind of confusing, but... <laughs> Okay, if you want the I've oldest changed, one, scroll up a little I've bit. I've changed my mind. I found an older one from 12-17-2020. Nice. From Kimbo, 159-Boom. Okay. Nice. Keeps me company. This podcast really grew on me. I don't always agree, and sometimes I yell at my phone as Becca and Ryan discuss things, but that's what makes it fun. I've been binge listening to Wheel Talk as I'm in the studio. It makes me feel like I'm hanging out with other potters without having to do any of the hard work of actually socializing. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Kimberly, out to see pottery. Five stars. Nice. Thanks, Kimberly. We are happy that we provoke feelings in you. And you don't have to agree with us. That's the beauty of this. I'd be concerned if some people did agree with us on something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I might have just deleted something I wasn't supposed to, and I apologize. I just deleted it. Oh, you messed me up. Anyway, moving on. What are we doing today, Ryan? All right. We are doing a Q&A episode. So it's been a bit since we've done this. (laughs) And we're going to go into it. It's basically just a bunch of questions that you all sent us. We did a Instagram story asking for them. And this is just kind of a laid back Q&A. This is the fourth yeah. one we've done. Yeah. These are, I think, the, these are my favorite ones that we do. They're the just off the cuff, funny also, questions. And you'll learn note, some about us. The last three times we've done the podcast, we always do it at the same time. And this like couple walks by, and each time they they wave at me. I've made nice. new friends that I new don't friends. know. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. They just walked by. <laughs> she knocked, and she was like, "Hi." <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so are we gonna do like we're gonna do like short answers, right? We're gonna try and do like a couple minutes a piece. Talk. Yeah, there's a lot in here. So, we'll see what we can get through. Thanks for all of you all that sent these. By the way, those of you all that always send questions, fucking killing it. Aletha, fucking killing it. (coughs) Lindy Garner, fucking killing it. (laughs) What'd you say? 
I, I coughed and said Aletha. Yeah. She's our MVP. MVQ. Most valuable questions. Most valuable listener. MVL. <laughs> MVL. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few people. We have probably like five people that are always there for us, and we appreciate you guys. Yeah, they're always, always invested in sending us stuff. All right. Should we start at the top and go down? No, why not? All right. First one. I'm going to read it because I want to see what you say. Uh, <laughs> what's your five-year goal or dream can be ceramics related or not? I don't know that you actually saw these questions before, so. <laughs> I did not. I we did can not throw see. this down later if we need to. <laughs> Any of these questions. No, I can answer it. It's not going to be the answer that you want, but I can answer it. I don't have a five-year goal or dream. I guess the only goal that I have is to potentially be alive. Um, You're going to be halfway to a million dollars by then in five years, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. I made a goal to be a millionaire by the by the time I'm 40. We'll see if that's feasible or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm like... Apart from being alive, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of goals anymore. Um, other than that one goal. Is it the long-term goal that is, like, the long-term goals or what you're kind of not a fan of, or just goals, period? Or, like, focusing on shorter term is, like, more tangible and actually, like, helpful? Yeah, I think that focusing on shorter-term goals is more helpful for me because my life changes so dramatically every five years. And it, traditionally, it has changed so dramatically every five years. I mean, the fact that I stayed in Washington for eight years was, like, you know, like, mind-blowing. Um, but, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like Indiana is the last place that I'm going to be. I've, you know, this feels like a stop, not a long-term solution. So, um, it may be, but it may not be. You never know. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think the five years pretty long out there. Um, I could definitely see myself doing the pottery full-time within five years. Uh, I don't know. And I think even just like you mentioned the five years back, like I think five years back from now, I feel like if you're just looking at it high level, still working full time from home, still doing pottery on the side, like I feel like it's stagnant if you just look at it at those statistics. But if you dig deeper, it's like there's way more growth than that. Me Mm -hmm. here versus me five years ago in the pottery and in the, you know, uh, situation that we're in. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be a lot more comfortable in how I spend my time. Cause right now I'm just spread so thin that I'm, I'm going to, I'm getting more comfortable and more confident in saying no to certain things and being yeah. fine, putting things behind me and moving mm-hmm. on because it's like, there's only so much time I can handle yeah. doing things. And if it's not worth it to me, then I am totally fine with saying fuck that onward. Yeah, I've noticed that about you just even in the last year. It's been a good growth. 
upward for that. Yeah. Prioritizing yourself and your time. Yeah. yeah. It, and at some point, it seems kind of, I don't know, like, I feel like I can manage a lot of things if I want to. Yeah. But, like, how, like, how beneficial is it for me and for the people that I'm interacting with in those spaces if it's, yeah. you know, clay? Am I doing all I can in clay if I'm, like, halfway in it or if I'm, uh, if I have time away that I can't dedicate to it? If we're talking, like, full-time versus not or, you know, clay lines. Like, if I can't do all I can because I'm stretched so thin – is it worth me digging my heels in there and yeah. giving it like half the effort or like 20% of my effort, you know? Yeah. I feel like when I have focus on something, I can get something done and get it to, a, you know, get some good quality out of it. Like, Hey, I, we can, we can jump on the microphone and we can have a decent quality, like spur of the moment if we have to. Yeah. But, but could we have better if I have more time dedicated to it, for instance? Yeah. All right, that was a long answer, but... It's <laughs> um, okay. All right, what's next here? If you were an animal, what would you be? Answer for each other. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. If Ryan was an animal, what would he be? I feel like a, uh, what came to my mind initially for you was like flamingo. I guess because of all the pink. <laughs> Like the pink oh hair. Because <laughs> of the pink hair. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. I feel like you I feel like you're a squirrel. A squirrel? <laughs> yeah, and the reason I say that is because squirrels are so fucking smart. Like <laughs> like you're very calculated. And you snack a lot. <laughs> snack a lot. <laughs> I do snack a lot. <laughs> uh, what would you say you're like if you were going to answer for yourself? What would you be? Oh, I was trying to think of something that is very analy- like analyzes their surroundings and like adapts to their surroundings, like makes very conservative, casual moves. But I don't know what that would be. Like a chameleon. Sure, there we go. Oh. oh. I'm the dog from Bolt. Bolt? What is that? Yeah, the movie Bolt. Is the that one that's like, like really ADD. Movie? I think it might be. There was like, oh wait, no, wait. There was a chip. Was it a chipmunk or a hamster? I don't know. Anyway, I'm the most ADD animal there is. I don't and like the dumbest one. I'm, that's That's me. Not because I'm dumb, just because I get very easily distracted. Or maybe I would say, like, like Tom and Jerry, I would be, like, whatever the mouse is. That's Jerry. Jerry. Tom is the cat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, oh, damn it. Okay, uh, next one. Oh, Becca, what was your first tattoo? Does it match your geometric themes on your arms and your hands? <sighs> no. <laughs> kind of. Not really. In a way. 
my first tattoo was is on my wrist and it says mirror and it's mirrored and it's Show like it on the goth- camera so i can see it mm. it's got your watch on it i can't see it yeah mm. this thing is blocking it sorry it says mirror oh okay it's it's mirrored vertically it's mirrored vertically so the m okay yeah so the m is yeah and it's w it's backwards because the lady was like you want to show people instead of showing yourself and i was like but it's not for them it's for me (laughs) yeah who is looking on the inside of your wrist I was young and impressionable. Anyway, it's in this gothic handwriting and um, that I like found on the interwebs when I was 18. And um, the reason that it's mirror is because I had a college professor and she always said, life is like a mirror. The way that you look into it, it's going to look back at you that way. It doesn't mean that it's always easy, but the perspective that you have in life usually follows you back. So, um, mm-hmm. and it's not geometric. However... Because it's mirrored, it looks like, I'll take a picture and put it on the interwebs, I'll put it on uh, Instagram, but it looks like a little hieroglyphic man with like really wide legs, and sometimes I draw little teeth in it, and uh, put little eyeballs on it, so like, it looks like a little man, Um, (laughs) if if it's sideways. (laughs) Anyway, that's it. I got that when I was eight. I did not get that question. I never have a ta- have not gotten a tattoo, and I never plan to get a tattoo. It's just not my yes. not my jam. Nothing it's against anybody okay. that has tattoos. That just that's not me. The permanence thing is the the sticking. It's not point. your cup of tea, and if it's not your cup of tea, it shouldn't be done. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got. If you saw your first pieces as though it wasn't yours, what would be your commentary or critique? I love this question. (laughs) Ryan? So I'm thinking back to my high school pieces. Uh, I would say these are heavy. Definitely remember some old pieces being heavy. I feel like my early ones had pretty good glaze coverage, but they were simple. Like they were one solid glaze. So I'd be like, yeah, they got like that's a good glaze color, but you know, be they can add a little bit more to the uh, variety of it. Nowadays, I like the inside one color, outside a different color, or overlap a couple glazes so it adds some interest to it. So that would be my initial first thoughts. I would have been like, "This is a fucking piece of shit." That's what I would say. In my brain. I'd say that a lot about pottery, actually, in my brain. I never tell anybody that. Um, unless they were mean. Um, I, you would tell them? If they were mean? If they were a mean person? Probably. But I would be really intellectual about it. I'd be like, this is why this is a piece of shit. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I... So I actually have a few of the first pieces that I've ever made. And uh, one of them looks like a seashell. It was completely not centered. It's like wide. It's it's like a bowl seashell. It's like, oh, it's fucking beautiful. And it, looks, it has this glaze that looks like a trout, <laughs> like green yeah. and black speckles. Um, it's terrible. 
It's absolutely terrible. And I used to show my students it because they were like, and you know what's so funny about it is that I would say, this is my first piece ever. And they'd be like, this is so beautiful. I'm like, no, it fucking isn't. Don't say it's beautiful just because I'm the one that made it. It is terrible. Um, but yeah. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> uh, and I also have a mug and that one is like the base is way too thin the handle sucks ass it's so bad and then um i like the body though it was thrown evenly but yeah yeah my grandpa uses one of my older mugs that i made in high school i think it was hand built it was like a pinch pot added little feet on it and i think it had like a one finger handle but it was wide like a cappuccino mug but it was heavy right so i think he still uses that Yeah, I would probably say that my original pieces, like in college after I'd learned to throw, were way too thin. Really? Way too thin. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was in a thin phase and you get... I had issues when they were too thin that the glazes didn't adhere that well. Because I didn't really understand the right glazing thickness and stuff like that. Yeah. Or I didn't stir my glazes up right, and then they don't actually stick on there very well and shit. I'm so. so glad my pieces were shit at the beginning. Can you imagine if we were good from the beginning? God! I feel like my pieces just four years ago were terrible. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Ryan, how did you and Rachel meet? Winky, winky. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't say wink on there. That was Becca's addition. (laughs) Becca add-on. So we actually met in college freshman year. And this is funny because when Rachel tells it, she, like, remembers it very vividly. I honestly Mm -hmm. do not remember it very vividly. It was was an interaction, and Rachel's actually home. She would probably come in here and mention it. But, um, yeah, it was – we actually were in the same dorm room in the same hallway – for the first year, I think. And she was more like, she would go in and like go into a room. So we didn't interact a lot, but I did interact with other people in my hall, but it was like a throwaway. I think I, it was, I was leaving and then I had my laundry and I was going out and then she was like, hi, I'm Rachel. Hi, I'm Ryan. Cause I was wearing a St. X shirt, which is the high school that we were both from Louisville. So we, she knew my jacket and that's kind of how we met. That was freshman year of college in 2013, probably. And you were going out with somebody, right? Well, that was 2013. So, yes, I was I was going out with somebody. That was two people. Well, that was, yeah, that was two people before we actually started dating. So, Yeah, and then she swooped in. She yeah, like, swooped in a couple of years later. A couple of years later because they were friends. Yeah, so we, we that was just a one-off meeting, and then we didn't actually, like, start... Um, like interact we we were in the same honors fraternity together at uh nku and we interacted with each other more in that group closer to like junior year yeah so yay okay what Uh oh is your ideal studio setup something with sunlight for sure Big enough room that I could put the wheel in the middle, facing the middle of the room. I like that. Enough table space, enough shelving space. 
Yeah, I don't know. What other studio setup situations? Hopefully somewhere that I can move my stuff in and out of there efficiently and not have to go up and down stairs. That's one that I've come to appreciate. Yeah. Um, my ideal studio setup is in a community studio. Like, not a community studio, but, like, a community building. Like, where I'm at right now is actually my ideal studio um, location. It's, like, this old building, and there's, like, 40 different artists that have studios. And, or I don't know, maybe 20. No, maybe 20. 20 different artists that have studios in this in this old historic building. And it, you can just, like, when you walk in, you can just feel, like, the energy. You know, like, the artistic, like, energy. Um, that's my ideal studio situation. It like Queen City Clay, something like that, where you can walk around and like say hi to people. Yeah. Is the ideal. It's not even about like the actual room. It's about more the location for me. Does it have, so uh, is it as well because it's not in your home? Yeah. You're not a home studio. I'm not a home studio person. No, I mean, I like, well, I wouldn't mind, like, having a studio, this studio, you know, the one that Rebecca has. That wouldn't be terrible because it's, like, you still have to walk downstairs to get to it, you know? Like, it's right. it, it's separated. Um, but if it was, like, down my stairs, like, if I had a house and it was downstairs, I'd, I've done that before. It's not my ideal situation. Um, it's just... See, I, I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that because you're so... You sound like you are more introverted that you don't want the interaction but it has it changed because you're in a studio now where you do see people on a daily basis and you're like coming back to the community studio and you had your studio at five lines pottery or i think it's because like uh, i am introverted like i like being able to close the door don't get me wrong but like i think that it's interesting going from like a small town like Monroe and like knowing everybody in town to going someplace where I don't know anybody. And I'm like, oh man, I really enjoyed that interaction of like going down the street and like knowing everybody on the street, you know? And I think that that was something that was so sacred in my life. Like I love that so much that like that community building aspect is like really ideal to me. And gotcha. also trading with artistic people and, like, crafters and, like, woodworkers and stuff like that. That's, like, that is what I want in my life. Nice. You know? And, like, having building those relationships so that they can be, like, you know, you can learn how to weld or you can do all those things. Like, that's really cool to me, you know? Nice. It's still, like, I'm, I think you can still be introverted on your own time, but the, you can also seek out that community. But also, something less than 500 square feet is something ideal for me. We're in a 1,000-square-foot studio right now. I like smaller studios, personally. Yeah, I think 500, maybe 700 would probably be an ideal space for me. Yeah. I think I could fill that out okay. Yeah. Alrighty. The next one is I like both of your glasses. What made you decide on the color of the frames? Becca. No, I'm kidding. I mean, you definitely influenced part of the 
I did. getting the the aqua blue frames because it was like hey let's get well the frames now they're pretty boring now i mean they're just black but they're solid frames i used to have half or like thin ones that were oakley and they were really small mm-hmm. kind of um so these are a little more bold these are more charcoal gray i guess yeah kind of black so yeah he like and the other ones are aqua. one night and he was like which one should i get <laughs> You had some really good ones picked out. Yeah. I, I got the blue ones because I wanted something a little different. And blue always jives with my color choice of clothing. So I can find yeah. ways to put blues in there if I want to. So You look really good in those aqua ones. I think it's like a surprise. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for mine, I will tell you the story about how I, f- I got them. I saw this guy at Leavenworth one day and I yelled across the market and I was like, where did you get your glasses? (laughs) And he he came and told me, um, I used to wear primarily Ray-Bans, but I was so done with, um, getting really expensive Ray-Bans and I've always liked bold colors. So I feel like that's not a surprise, but I've always liked, you know, orange glasses and um uh my very first ray-bans were the foldy up ones the ones that fold into like a very small one and they were orange with the black wow the black sides and um yeah i've always just liked that wayfair look and so now i get them from gooder and they're only 25 dollars and they're sunglasses and the last time i bought five pairs and I save some of them for sunglasses, and then I have two of them for regular glasses, and then um, I had one for breakage, which happened because Andrew stepped on them. So, yeah. Nice. I, I'm guessing those are more reasonable price than the Ray-Bans. Ray-Bans are like 150 bucks. The Gooders are $25, and they're the same quality, and they have like a non-slip coating on them. I feel like there's so many online glasses and sunglasses options out there that yeah yeah i got the prescription ray-ban sunglasses that i've been using forever yeah. I, I never wore sunglasses in the car because i i'm not going to put on non-prescription sunglasses when i wear glasses on a daily basis right for distance same and same. i i needed a prescription sunglass so that's why i got them and i've yeah. had the same ones for like four years and you know i wear sunglasses like once a week maybe i'm yeah. not a everyday sunglass person so I like going with the gooder ones because, like, I understand going with Zinnia or something that's, like, $10 or whatever, but I like going with gooder or Ray-Ban or something that's a classic um, frame that's also, there's a lot of, because then if your frame breaks, you can just buy another frame. Like, um, I was right next to an eyeglass place in Monroe, and when Andrew stepped on my frames, I got another frame. Like the yeah. other frame that I had in my glove box, took it over there and he just swapped them out, you know? And I, so I really like that versatility, you know? So the so. other gooder ones you have just have blank lenses in them. They're clear and you swap the actual lens when you No, they're sunglasses. Them. They're sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you have to take the sunglasses out. Yeah. So you don't have multiple prescription ones with lenses. You actually have to get the lenses swapped out if you want to change them. 
I have, yeah, I have two with prescriptions that we swapped out the lenses, and then I have one prescription sunglass that they put in the prescription sunglasses. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I have plenty of backup glasses now. I have, like, three pair. Yeah. So, I'm good. All right. Is there a talent you wish you had? I actually wrote this question. I oh. wish I could play a musical instrument. Oh, that's a great talent to wish. Does it have to be a reasonable talent? No. I kind of wish that I could teleport. Is that unreasonable? I don't know if that's a talent. That's more like a superpower. Can anybody have that talent? I don't think so. That's not a talent. Um... Yeah, I kind of wish the same thing as you. I wish that I would have stuck with an instrument and, like, played... I wish I could, like, play the piano. Oh, yeah. I was thinking piano or, like, guitar. I think that would be fun to know how to play. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I never really... I had, like, a keyboard as a kid and stuff. I didn't really understand the whole reading music aspect. I couldn't get it. I could, like, convert the notes to a b c d notes yeah and play it with one hand but i would have to do all that work to convert it and write it down and then i remembered the keynote but i can't rem- i i never made that connection between looking at a sheet and understanding it so yeah i was never good at reading music but i was always good at like memorizing sounds so if you played the song for me i could play it but um I could never read. Like, if nobody played the song before, I could never get it. You're like Drumline. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How often do you find cat hair on your equipment and clay? How do you combat it? I don't really have stuff on my clay. It's more... I get a lot of cat hair on, like, my sweatshirts and stuff, because I have the same sweatshirt that I use in the studio. And... Like, sometimes there'll be cat hair on it, so I'll have that issue, or, like, on my um, aprons and stuff, but it's not really enough of an issue that it gets on stuff, because it, it'll burn out in the kiln, so, like, I don't really care if there's cat hair in there. Yeah. When the cats were in the studio, it didn't matter. I'm trying to think of the only time that, like, I'd say that the only, like, really issue that I would have is, no, there's not, there wasn't really ever an issue. Nope. Yeah. My cats aren't in the studio enough. And if they are, they're like laying on the couch or laying on a shelf. And it's not like on top of pottery and they're just shedding everywhere. And the hair is all over the place. But the one thing that I will say, though, is that when they accidentally fall into like a reclaim. Oh, like Floyd stepped in reclaim a few times and then tracked it all over. That was so annoying. I'll sometimes have them jump from a table to the reclaim board mm-hmm. that has it, and they'll have the paws and stuff, and then they'll, like, <laughs> shake their paws off. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, getting a paw print in a plate was, like, coveted at our studio. Yeah. I had like a couple pieces like that, and I gave one to my mom as a spoon rest, and then she's actually got one of your pieces. Mm-hmm. I think it's a plate or a possible. It's a that plate has, that Lloyd that stepped a, in. Yeah, a yeah. paw print on it. 
Because the the boys were really good at avoiding tall things, but flat things they didn't realize were pieces, so they would step on them on accident. Yeah. Okay. If you were a piece of pottery, what would you be? Functional mug, crazy sculpture, a second, etc. I would be very practical. I yes, would be a basic-ass mug. I would be a bowl. Yeah. I'd be a bowl. A basic-ass bowl. Like cereal bowl, pasta bowl, soup bowl. Pasta. Just your utility clearly. bowl. It pasta needs bowl. a big belly. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, this one. I'll let you read this one because this one was your favorite. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is the first one that came in. It's... <laughs> Have either of you ever sharted while at work? And they <laughs> describe what shart meant. <laughs> shart. Noun. No. Shart. <laughs> verb. <laughs> to fart, but shit comes out. <laughs> I have my, not. My answer was no, I have not. If I did, it would be I'm working from home, so who gives a shit? Like, I mean, there's no reason that should happen. I'm feet away from the, the bathroom. And Becca was like, well, have you? And I was like, no, but I used to like fart in class when I was a kid and stuff. Like, that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have not. Shame, shame. Ooh, what? Oh, what is a food that you dislike, and what is a condiment that you dislike? I wrote this question. Okay. I will say the food that I do not like is pickles. Some people love vinegary stuff. I cannot stand I it. I fucking love pickles. I feel like it's a love or hate thing. Some people just absolutely love it. I fucking hate it. Mm. Get that shit out of here. I don't like anything with the vinegary stuff. I get that out of here. Mm. I, I wonder if it's like a taste bud thing, because it's so love or hate, right? Yeah. Mm. What about a condiment? Condiment. Uh, mustard. I don't like mustard at all. Mm. Isn't... Is mu- does mustard have mustard's not a van- vinegar at all, right? Mm-mm. No, I, yeah, I don't like mustard. I mean, I'll eat it if it's on like a McDonald's burger and it's like along with other condiments, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get, be like, give me some mustard on that. Yeah, I hate mustard. One time I got it on my sleeve in college and I had to smell it all day. I fucking hate mustard. Love ketchup, hate mustard. Yeah, I fucking hate mustard. Now, I will, obviously, I'm not going to be a prude in, like, if my uncle buys me a sandwich from Subway and there's mustard on it, I'm going to eat it. But I'm also not a fan of mayo. I will, but I use mayo in in plenty of things, cooking, but, like, by itself and on sandwiches, I'm not a fan of. Um, I have a question. When you have tuna, do you add mayo to the tuna or do you eat it raw? Yeah, I do, but I also add, like, I add very, very little mayo, and I also add a shit ton of pepper and a bunch of pickles. 
Okay, I was going to say, do you chop up pickles and throw them in there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like a two-to-one pickle. Like, I like... I would really? have mo- more pickles than tuna in my sandwich, for sure. Okay. For sure. Uh, and as far as a food that I don't like... Um, the only things that I'm really... I'm not going to say that I hate them, because I don't know if there's any food that I hate-hate, but the only things that I really dislike are um raw onions and raw tomatoes those are my those are my two like triggers however i mean in other food i don't like tomatoes yeah however i'll eat like salsa like if they're mixed with other ingredients and they i don't know if it's like a texture thing for me but um yeah tomatoes and raw onions are like i won't eat them in a sandwich or a a hamburger yeah take the bun off there take that pickle take that tomato chuck that shit See, I'm a pickle person. Like, uh, ever since I was little, uh, this is so dumb. Like, I've I've been extraordinarily pickle pickle. I've been extraordinarily picky ever since I was little. Now I'm not as picky, but um, the the classic burger for me was, and this was because this was my brother's favorite burger, and I had to copy him. Was ketchup and pickle, and that was it. And okay. Like, but you could put like twenty five pickles on it, and I'd be a okay. But they have to be dill. Sweet pickles are gross. Okay, I don't know the, the pickle differences. I know there's a lot of different ones out there, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, there we go. Oh, I wrote this, this next one, one too. too. <laughs> I had to sneak a few of them in here. I okay. think the next. I think the next three or four are for me actually. Okay. Who is your favorite 90s country artist? It has to be. Um, I feel like I know your answer, but... <sighs> Damn. Who do you think I'm going to answer? I think you're going to say Shania Twain. Oh, you knew it. And I Shania wanna... Twain or Garth Brooks? I, feel I knew like... it. I was going to say either Garth Brooks or Shania Twain for you. I feel like... You might, if you're not the same, I feel like you might have been like a Dixie Chicks fan. You know what? I fucking love Dixie Chicks. I do. I would, I'm going to go with a tie between, um, well, now they're just the Chicks, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a tie between the Chicks and, um, Shania Twain. Because, come on, like, (laughs) come on. Also, I mean, Dolly Parton, obviously, but like. That's not really 90s, though. That's not really 90s, yeah. Yeah, I have fucking bangers. <laughs> I know. I love it because, like, when I was in California, it was so cliche to like country music, you know. And I grew up in Colorado, so we had corn festivals and country dances and country swing and all that stuff. And then, um, and then when I went to California, it was like uh, every time I was listening to the radio, like turn it down. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like a you had to feel light. like you were under the under the radar that people didn't know that you, you yeah. listen to country music. Yeah, and now I'm kind of like back in the you know Indiana's like I'm not used to them being okay with like country music. It's still weird to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, how do you manage to produce so many pieces? What's the secret to in your process? Yeah, this was one of my followers that asked this. I yeah. would say I try 
to keep down the number of times I have to touch a piece before it has to dry. So usually I'm throwing it, putting it on a board, taking it off the board, putting a thumb on the bottom edge and signing it. I'm not doing trimming. I'm not sanding stuff. I'm not doing all this other stuff like indenting the bottom to make sure it's like looking like not flat. I think that's probably the easiest way that I produce the most amount of pieces. And mm-hmm. I produce in batches of 20 to 30 at a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I try to minimize the distractions when I'm in the studio. I think, I mean, that sounds like a simple answer, but I, I don't do a lot of the extra stuff of trimming. I think trimming definitely saves a lot of the time. Yeah. He's also, I feel like I'm going to add to yours for you because he also has a schedule, you know, when like every day you're going down to the studio at a certain time you're leaving at a certain time like you you have a pretty dedicated schedule yeah i don't have interruptions typically during that time Mm -hmm. that's going to pull me away for 30 minutes or an hour or i can actually get deep into something and actually get something done yeah and i feel like i mean i don't know if i can answer this i mean i can but for me, what I'm learning about myself is that I have to, um, if I'm going to produce a lot, I have to time myself. So, um, if I want to get a lot done, like on Monday. Is that a helicopter? Yeah, and it seems we got really a fourth fucking host? close. <laughs> like, we got a it's fourth like... host. What's the next one going to be? A boat? <laughs> a, a land boat? <laughs> <laughs> then we'll have a hovercraft like going by. Um, I was so anyway. If I want to get something done in a certain time, and if I want to be productive, like during the day, I usually set, I make a list, I say what I want to do, and then I time myself in batches. So if I'm gonna do a hundred bowls, then I'm gonna time myself and say I'm gonna do that in a hundred minutes. You know. Like, I figure out how long that's usually going to take me, and then I shoot for that time. So, uh, breaks are not great for me. I'm learning that. They're not great? Like, they don't help your productivity, or? Not one bit. Okay. Yeah, I don't take breaks usually. Like, I'm one of those. I'm in the studio. I'm going to forget to eat, or I'm just going to be like, I'll eat at 11 o'clock or 11.30 when I get upstairs. I'm not taking... I'm not going upstairs, taking a break, taking an hour and saying, I'm going to watch this one episode of this thing and like sinking into the couch after I eat for 15 minutes and then I'm watching something for the next 45. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to do a quick like 15 minute eat. Either get back down or eat and then go to bed soon, which is probably not good to eat right before you go to bed, but that's what I do. I'm super distractible. So... Um, I got to put in a podcast or music that I don't have to think about and just go for it for like, yeah. So if I'm going to throw a hundred, it's going to be a hundred at the same time. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's where I'm at. Okay. Uh, Ooh, this is good. What's your favorite soda pop? Pep. What'd you what's say? Your what's your favorite soda pop? What do you call it? By the way, I call it pop pop okay i call it coke coke yeah because that's like a kentucky thing right i think so kentucky 
Midwest some Southern. Yeah. I my favorite is probably cherry coke. Mm. It's classic. That's that's what I like. Did you ever have slice? Yes. My grandparents used to have slice. God, I miss slice. It's better that than Fanta was... and better than Crush. Slice yeah. was the jam. Slice was the shit. Have you ever um, had Big Red? Yes, your mom made me try it. Yeah. Um, I feel like okay, Slice so, was kind of like that, where it's sort of not common everywhere. Maybe it used to be, but... Yeah, I don't know. Um, My favorite pop is... Current pop, other than slices. We've determined that Slice is supreme. Um, my favorite pop is Ruby Red Squirt. Ruby Red Squirt. Is, is, is that like what's squirt generally is that like a lemon lime drink no it is grapefruit <laughs> what no i mean squirt without the ruby red it's grapefruit really yes oh that's an acquired taste <laughs> I, I remember having grapefruit in our uh tiki drinks recently and i'm like man I could not have this all the time. <laughs> no, squirt doesn't taste like grapefruit. It doesn't taste like that kind of grapefruit, though. It's it's a different grapefruit. I love regular squirt as well. Um, Isn't it like yellow, though? Yellow yeah. green? Yeah. And that's grapefruit? Yeah. How it's the actually hell is white. that grapefruit? The bottle is yellow, but, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um. Ruby yeah. red. Okay. So Ruby what's red the root? Ru- What's that taste like? I have no idea what it tastes like. It's just red. <laughs> it's like, it's. I think it must have like strawberry or like fruit punch or something in it. But I like regular squirt as well. I have some in my fridge right now. Like, I don't know why. Uh, and it's a new thing too, because the Mexican grocery store next door uh, to my shop, they just always had two liters. And whenever we'd eat pho, we'd always get squirt. Nice. So delicious. Oh, man. There were these sodas in uh, Mexico that had, like, mango sodas, I think. They were really good. Have you had the apple soda? No. I'll I'll try and find one and bring you one. I'm sure they have them at the, the butcher. Okay. What is your favorite movie genre? Minus thriller. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Like crime thriller, not like, not like, not like mob thriller, not mob stuff. Like, like psychological thriller, like a, uh, or like a crime one, like, um, like the game, or like the edge. Seven. Have you heard of the edge or like seven maybe? The Edge is like a wilderness survival thing. I really oh, like okay. survival movies. Those are good. Um, or like like a crime th- uh, thing like The Firm or like Runaway Jury or like Basic Instinct. Okay. Like older Michael Douglas movies or stuff like that. Have you seen King of California speaking of Michael Douglas? No, I have not. You should see that. 
It's great. What what is that? It's quirky. It's an indie film that um he's he he's just gets out of an insane up. asylum and um his daughter has always like taken care of the house and everything like that. She has this job at McDonald's and he gets out out of this um psych ward and um It's called King of California? King of California. Okay. And um it's got a yellow cover. That's how you know it's good. I see it. 2007. And it's super quirky. Anyway, so he's decided that he um, knows that there's these this treasure in San Jose, California, and there's a bunch of doubloons, gold doubloons, and so he goes mm-hmm. on this treasure hunt to find these doubloons, and then they figure out that it's a it's at a Costco. <laughs> it's under oh, Costco, and and uh it's this whole journey of them trying to find these doubloons and it's fantastic it's hilarious nice that actually does look kind of interesting comedy drama yeah it is super like i said super super quirky i have this theory that um all good movies have yellow cover art or lime green what other ones have yellow cover art or lime green that are at the top of your list um Sunshine Cleaning. Uh, I don't know that I've Miss, seen that one. Little Miss Sunshine. Um, eh. Jesus Henry Christ. Right. Um, King of California. Uh, God, there's a few other ones. There's this really good one about the... Uh, they're all like... So here's the thing. If It's got a yellow you cover. Kinda you kind of like can, quirky movies. Yeah, I do, but um, it's it, you can tell if it's got a yellow cover. There's a good chance that it was in Sundance Film Festival, and those are always kind of just like weird and quirky. Oh, okay. Um, so my favorite movie genre—that's fucking hard. That's fucking hard. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go with like. I feel like you're ripping my heart out right now because I have to pick a favorite. Um, what could you just go to and just watch like over and over? What what genre are the movies that you tend to go back and watch over and over? Uh, classic movies, like old movies, but specifically probably musicals. Old musicals. What is that, mm-hmm. like 60s and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like if I could do if I like really my sweet spot is like from the 20s to the 60s. That's like the movies that I like the most. But um, that's too big. That's too wide. Uh, But yeah, Yeah. we'll go with like we'll go with like musicals like Singing in the Rain, uh, like dancing like uh, Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, um, uh, you know, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, those type of movies. Those are like the least favorite movies of mine. Musical is like the least favorite genre of mine. <laughs> I know. I know it is. I grew uh, up watching like, you know, uh, Sound of Music, Singing in the Rain, Oklahoma, you know, The Music never Man. Never seen those. My Fair Lady. Never seen it. Funny Face. I love Audrey Hepburn. I feel okay. like those are slower. That's why I don't like them. You know what? Okay, here's a fun fact. Do you know why those movies are slower? Because back in the day, there was no TVs, right? 
no, like most of the time there's no TVs. Um, and you would never watch a movie on television. So movies pre-television. They were an event, but also, you know, you're looking on like a screen that is huge, like 30 feet by 20 or whatever, you know, like a humongous movie screen. And um, that was the only way that you could see a movie. And so because they're they're so slow because you'd have to literally move your eye across the screen, up and down the screen to see everything that was happening and it, it felt it felt fine because you were lo- you're looking at it large screen now fast forward to current day um movies are actually produced for televisions they are not produced for the theaters anymore so um that's why when you go to a theater and you see like a live action film you're like wow like that was that was a lot like it's overwhelming but then when you put it on an actual television it seems normal because you see the entire tv yeah and you've got a little bit of like eye balance to not overwhelm you. Exactly. It has to cut like super, super fast. So, yeah. Anyway, my first job was a production studio. <laughs> so, nice. movies are kind of my thing. So, okay. and my second category is, is silent films, by the way. Charlie silent Chaplin. Silent films. Charlie Chaplin. <sighs> okay. Do you ever get annoyed when people say that you can't make money doing pottery? <laughs> I don't really get annoyed. I just kind of like, usually when somebody, I don't, I don't know if they're saying that to me or if they're just putting it into the ether, but I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay. And then okay. I'm just like, whatever. You're like, my taxes Not don't everybody. reflect that. <laughs> it's, a, it's like, doesn't have to be everybody. I, I, Who's who's more likely to say that? Do you feel like it's other potters that say that, or I think is so. it people outside of the space? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I get annoyed. Usually, when somebody is like, "Well, you can't really make money doing pottery," I like <laughs> if somebody tells me that. That's like my immediate like, "Okay, you're just not good." <laughs> like <laughs> that, that's like I feel my, like I usually hear that from from older generation people that are that have been doing it and they're like oh well you should not do it full time but things are so different now that there's so many ways that you can make it work and you don't have to just slave away doing the same thing well and you can sell things for more money yeah 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 I think that making money in pottery means that you have to push boundaries that traditional potters are not comfortable with pushing that's what i think yeah Ooh, this is good do you want to read Mm -hmm. this one or you want me to i'll read it so it says do you ever question what you're do you ever question what you're doing isn't worth it i guess that means to say isn't worth it it says is worth it every day Every Sometimes day. I'm like, maybe I should just like become an accountant. Or like, are there certain situations that make you think that, or is it just when you have a moment of peace to just think, <laughs> like those thoughts just kind of come across your brain, and they just waft by, and you're like, huh? Oh, wow, there it goes. <laughs> there it's floating by. Uh, no, I like you know when. 
sometimes I like look around my my <laughs> I think specifically I'm like why did I have to decide to be an artist or like be in a craft that requires so much shit like so much stuff I think that's the part that really gets to me because I like look around and I'm like one of my the door to my bathroom has a a shoe organizer that it's full of glaze like <laughs> I had to get a shoe organizer to organize my glazes like the just the amount of stuff that it, it, it requires us to make a living off of is just unrealistic and unreasonable I think and and I think it's maybe because if I wasn't an artist I'd probably be a minimalist but I can't be a minimalist because I'm an artist so yeah but if I was an accountant, I could be a minimalist. And, like, I wouldn't have, like, the... Sometimes I feel like I wouldn't have the emotional toll that an artist gets, you know? Like, oh, to be non-creative and have emotional turmoil. Yeah, the <clears throat> the comment about the accounting thing... I feel like my day job is, like, everything that I show of value is all kept digitally. So I have nothing physical that I can show my work. Like, if, if the yeah. computer completely died, I mean, I wouldn't lose everything that I've built. But it's like, like, if computers just cease to exist, then everything that I've been doing to this point, there's no proof that I did it or, like, that I that my, what I'm doing has, like, some proof that I, you know, I've, yeah. what I've been doing the last seven years. So it's like, you know, it, it it is nice to be able to make something that's physical that you can see progress and you can see the end result. And it's actually nice to have it something that you are interacting with a customer that you physically can talk to and you can interact with. Like, I think that's what makes it more worth it, that yeah. you can have that human connection with somebody. Um and that's what makes it I feel like if you're asking that question do you ever question with what you're doing is it worth it if it's not then you totally have a reason you can change it um, yeah but I also yeah, think that I, it would but, be inhuman of us not to question it you know so, yeah like, take a just little like, perspective I mean you get so um, caught up in the what am I changing today that was a something yesterday you know what what am i doing 30 days from now and how did i get there from today yeah and it just like piles on to each other you know if you just look at your studio when you first moved into the my house or something like how the hell did it get to this point of where it is now there is yeah. a lot of stuff and it's like how did i get to this point so yeah totally i mean there is a lot of decisions made along the way and it's just like you come to a fork and you have a decision to make. You go down that that decision and then you're like, okay, you come up to another fork. All right, what decision am I going to make here? And you're just so far removed that it just it becomes your everyday, you know. So I think that's where it, when you look back, you're like, did I make the right choice when I made that first fork decision? Yeah. I don't ever regret anything that I've made, though, like any decision that I've made, because it's it's always brought me to the place that I'm at currently. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How many days 
do you actually do pottery related stuff? I'd love to have a little side hustle when I get a bit bigger, better, but the amount of work I see you put in is intimidating AF. <laughs> this is another person that asked me this question. How many days do you actually do pottery related stuff? If we're talking realistically, I do something every single day. If it's packing order, responding to emails, looking at social media, it's every day. How many days am I actually physically working in the studio? Probably five days a week. Yeah. If you're looking for an easy gig, this isn't it. And the reason I do it is because I love doing it. It's not, it's not a slave to it. I'm not doing it because I have to do it. It's because I want to do it. And there's an end goal in mind. So, it, you know, if I'd like to have a little side hustle when I get a bit better. Yeah, I, I think you, I think you need to. Do it for the right reasons when you're early on. Don't do it because you want to be a potter full-time someday. Like, that might not be your best motivation when you're just starting out. It might be, yeah. hey, like, I want to get better and I want to sell my first piece. And don't do it for the money. You can make money, but, like, money should never be the reason you do anything. So. Yeah. And I say don't get intimidated by the work I put in because I, I've built up that skill in that um, I've built up that callus of being able to do that day after day for like five years. Yeah. So don't it's, feel like yeah. you have to meet that demand and meet that um, that bar, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's the easiest way to do an absorption test? I'm going to refer you to last week's episode. So yes, listen to episode 93s, I believe, or 94s. 94, 94s. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where's the best place to buy param pyrometric 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 bars and witness cones? Wherever is closest to you. I don't know where your clay supplier. Yeah, you can. Yeah, most clay, every single clay supplier should have those. If not, you could buy them online. Uh, the ceramic shop, I'm sure there's big ceramic store. Actually, I think big ceramic store might have closed, but uh, yeah, just look online. Look up pyrometric cones. Do you do you have a preference between the bars and the cones? I think you I like use the, bars. the bars, right? Yeah, I like the consistent. bars. They're more consistent. Yep, but they do have like a higher melting rate. So, like, there's a difference between the bars and the cones, I believe, in temperature. So, there's a there's a chart. Look it up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite place <laughs> to get a steak? Oh. I'm going to say... Jay Alexander's. Is that where you went for your birthday? Yep. Um, I've had a Ruth Chris steak before, but there's not that much difference. Like, and you're paying like sixty bucks for that steak. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, I don't. Um, I mm, my answer is not going to be the best answer because, and I will say why. Because I have no experience getting steaks at restaurants. I would never buy a steak at a restaurant normally. Um, Why is that? 
because I don't really go to places that sell steaks. Okay. Are you? Do you like steak? I do. I do love steak. Um, but I, I feel like... How do you normally the... get it? Or how do you like... Where would you get a steak if you ate a steak? Like the only place I feel like I've ever had a steak is Texas Roadhouse. Hey, they have good steak. Yeah. Yeah. And I get I get rare. Yeah. You get rare? I'm a medium. Yeah, I'm like a rare, medium rare. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe, you know, there used to be a restaurant in Monroe called Adams, and they made a good steak, I guess, but I can't, I can't think of any other place that I've been to that has steak. Yeah, I don't eat steak that much, so it's kind of a treat when I eat it. Yeah. And I'm not that into, like, the intricacies of it. Like, I eat this shit medium. I, I don't know the difference between a $25, a $25 steak and like a $50 steak, $60 steak. If it's the same cut of steak, like a filet mignon or a New York strip, like if they're both New York strips and one's 25 bucks and one's 40 bucks, I can't really tell the fucking difference. Like I'm not that big into it. So yeah. Okay. I'm kind of changing my answer, which kind of uh, is applied to the same answer that uh, Val asked, which was, what's your favorite meal? Um, not really, but her husband, <laughs> my friend Val Flynn, her husband makes the best food I've ever had in my life. And that's probably the where I've ever had the best steak, like the best place to get a steak is Val Flynn's Nice. House. So that's that's actually my answer. I feel like it's fucking hard to make a steak at home. Yeah. That's good. The same with a hamburger. I feel like it's not easy to make a hamburger that's good. Like, I would much oh, rather go agreed. somewhere and eat a hamburger out. Agreed. I cannot make a good hamburger. Like, eh, They taste that. so different at home versus not. Yeah, mine are always too dry and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Favorite pot that you have ever made, and do you still have it? I do. I wish I would have remembered it. It's, it's actually... <laughs> sounds bad but it's actually in my nightstand right next to my bed and i keep my chapstick in it it's inside my drawer i keep my chapstick in it and if i like take my wedding ring off i'll like usually put my wedding ring in there in there it should be like out on display it's a uh, oh i didn't tell you what it is so it's a hand-built tea bowl that we made in uh, college it was a it was our first project that we did in this primitive firing class it got wood fired but it was a tea bowl that you hand built and you we used a tool to like scrape out the inside i don't know what that technique is but you scrape you scrape all of the solid of the inside of it out got it until you have you know a good wall and stuff so i kind of did some faceting and stuff on it and got wood fired and it's got some nice glaze on it and whatnot so it's my favorite i'm thinking I always really love my hand-built pieces. Like, my mom has a number of our hand, my hand-built pieces, and I think it's because I just don't make many of them. So it's like, hey, I really yeah. I like that piece. It's a little funky. Rachel usually hates them, but it's like, yeah, I like that piece. I like that one. Um, I, There was this wine glass that I made a couple years, like last year, and... It was like the color combination was just fucking dope. 
and like it just looks was it so just good. a regular white wine glass and then you did a glaze on it just a white no it was glass. one of those ones with the 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 painted painted ones oh okay did you keep it no i sold it do you wish you would have kept it no i know whoever got it really loves it the nice. only thing that I've the thing that I've kept that is my favorite thing that I've kept is a little tiny um, pinch pot from college. It was from my no, it wasn't from college. It was from Bruning. Um, it was one that I kept, and it uh, I put my salt in it, and it's got little divots, and it's not perfect, and it's it's chino with red splatters. Nice. Yeah. Chinos are fucking nice. I love Shino. Shinos are beautiful. Malcolm Davis Shino, mm-hmm. king. Peach mm-hmm. to red Shino, love it. So good. So good. Uh, most embarrassing moment in life and in ceramics. Why did we keep this question on here? Uh, this is going to be so freaking hard. While we're thinking we- about this, somebody <laughs> asked us about our Enneagrams. Uh, in a question, and I just want to address that now. Uh, we're <laughs> Ryan's never going to look up his Enneagram number, and I probably won't either. Like, I have at some point. I probably could find it. You're giving but, us homework to do. Like, uh, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm guessing it's going to be like a 50-question survey, and then it's going to give us a number at the end. Is yeah. that the way these work? Yeah, that's the way they work. So anyway, um, the likelihood of that happening is slim to none. I just want to let you know. And... Um, I will tell Anybody you. Got time for that? I will tell you that my Myers Briggs number or code is I'm an INTJ. Anyway, moving on. Um, most embarrassing moment in life and in ceramics. God. Oh, I, like, I have this ceramics one. I feel like. Oh, you have the ceramics one. I have uh, kind of ceramics, kind of life, but it was a situation that I directly put my foot in my fucking mouth, and I was like, <laughs> "Shit!" Um, <clears throat> so it was a. I know the person that is not going to listen to this, but it was a get together after a art show that we did for the Clay Alliance, and we were going over the survey reviews with the artists, with the committee that was there right um that planned it so that we can go over feedback from the artists and then we could um figure out what's worth implementing for the next year and using and i kind of mockingly read one of the answers and one of the people who said it was sitting right there Ah. and then i had to immediately defend myself and like say oh well have you and and yeah so Way to go, Ryan. That was like foot in mouth moment. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then I'm like, do they just remember that experience? And that's always in the back of their head every time they interact with me. <laughs> I'm, having a, I'm having a really hard time remembering a very embarrassing moment in life and in ceramics. Uh... Uh. Do you think that these moments, they're only very noticeable to us in that they just 
seem like something that we remember over and over, and they're probably a throwaway thing to the people that were there at the moment. You know what? I was listening to a podcast today, and uh, she did something similar, like, you know, foot-and-mouth situation, but not really. It was more like she didn't know the people she was talking to, and she said something that was very in her character, but she realized that it was not something that they were comfortable with. And when she went back, it was like at a doctor's meet, like appointment when she went back like a month later, she told the guy, she was like, I just wanted to say I'm sorry that I did that. You know, for me, it's just how I yeah. react. And he was like, thank you. And so anyway, her point was, she was like, usually if you're thinking about it, like frequently, they are all, they also acknowledged it, you know? Like if you if you were uncomfortable with that situation, they also um, will remember it. Yeah, will remember it, and like it had a moment in their life that was memorable. You know, maybe not like stewing over it, but it was something that impacted them. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I would. I'm not gonna go with an embarrassing moment, but like I feel like I, <laughs> I'm gonna go with a traumatic moment. Because yeah, I won't. I won't go there. Yeah, I don't. I, like it was kind of embarrassing if and you... also traumatic. In college, I um. Yeah, we're gonna go there. In college, I uh, it was my. It was my senior year. No, my junior year, and one of my best friends was a senior, and he had a piece in a show, and uh, like in the senior show, and it was phenomenal. But he spent three days painting it, but like a whole four months thinking about it and conceptualizing it. And I, like, it was it was just this thing that like totally blew up, and it was like super. I heard a professor be like shit she was like i can't believe she fucking did this in three days you know and um and i was like oh so wait, yeah was it a was it a painting yeah it was a painting okay yeah. and it was on plexiglass he painted it backwards um and i texted him and i was like oh yeah she doesn't like you like she was pissed that he did it in three days and then he ended up going to her and then she thought that i told him these like terrible things about his painting and she ended up like being so mad at me and like not liking me for the rest of my college career. I actually ended up leaving college with three professors hating me. And, um, so it was just, you just repeated a comment that was made without any additional care, any additional context or any other things. I had no, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that, but also, it was, like, blown way out of proportion. But anyway, that was, like, probably one of the most, like, embarrassed. It was it was embarrassing, but it was also, like, super traumatic. Um, and she was like, I can't believe you would say that to your friend and, like, blah, blah, blah. And I remember her saying, like, I can't believe you would speak those things to your friend. And I was like, what the fuck did I say to him? <laughs> like, I was like, wait, what did I tell him? <laughs> like, please yeah, tell me. It sounds like you were... <laughs> It sounds. It sounds like there was probably more to what was said that you didn't yeah. hear. That <laughs> anyway, maybe that was probably the most like embarrassing thing. Anyway, that's also why I kind of like keep my mouth shut now, and <laughs> I don't yeah. talk about things. Uh, that was yeah. That 
Yeah. Moving on. Um, Ryan, do you ever... You're never going to live these questions down. I know. Um, Do you ever think about moving your studio to a storefront, especially after knowing Becca's experience? (laughs) I feel like I unintentionally bring these topics up sometimes, but I don't mean to. It's not like a dig at you, Becca. You know that. Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. It's totally okay. I don't. I'm not offended. Um, I do not. I would potentially do it if I had somebody else working the storefront, but that's not. I'm not a. Uh, it's not out of the question, but I. If we're talking moving the studio, as in I'm gonna dual studio storefront thing, I don't think I would do that. I think I would still have a separate space that is the studio and a separate space that is the. I wouldn't do a two in one kind of deal. But it would have Becca, to make sense. Becca, would you ever, would you ever recommend Ryan have a storefront? That's Becca's question to Becca. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I think online is the way not. to go for the future. I, I'm yeah, it be just cuts the cost down, right? I know. What? Is it a cost-cutting thing? Like, you spending money on rent is not worth it when you can keep the... uh, You can have a building that you own that you can do everything that you need, and online is kind of the way to go for that. Is that kind of what your thought is, or... There's kind just of, not but enough also foot like online's the future, it. yeah, and like you'd have to. But if okay, if if somebody gave me a storefront in the middle of New York City, like in the most highly foot trafficked area, yeah, I'd have a storefront. But like, it'd have to be a fucking great ass location, you know. You'd have to be in but the like, perfect market for it that yeah, has like, enough people at, that are going to physically pass by. Yeah, I mean, look at the amount of reach you can have with an online presence, you know. It just makes more sense to me. You know. You can live wherever. You can live in the cheapest place. People don't care where you live. You can live in like Idaho or something and people don't even know. It's just like, hey, I'm shipping stuff from here. Yeah, totally. (sighs) Worst unsolicited advice you'd you've ever received about pottery, about life in general. I really need to read these beforehand next time. Um. <laughs> Worst unsolicited advice. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like you always hear the whole like "don't quit your day job." I feel like I've heard that enough. Mm. That's related to pottery. Like some people just don't understand. They don't understand the drive behind decision making of doing it for the money versus doing it because you like doing it and yeah. you can make it work within your skill set yeah I was just thinking about like this is not the worst advice I've ever had just the funniest one I feel like in the past couple of years was I was <laughs> I was at Five Guys like a couple months ago and I was wearing my earrings that I made with the um you know the polymer clay polymer clay yes i was wearing those earrings and they were the yellow ones that hook 
there's two layers of them and this girl comes up to me and she's like those are so cute and i was like thank you and she goes you should start an etsy <laughs> and sell them <laughs> <laughs> Like, the thing know. is, she probably doesn't know that you're already a maker and like you understand online selling and like. I know, that, I know. So. I just like it was just one of those moments where I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Um, and I was just thinking about like how nobody is allowed to have any hobbies anymore. <laughs> like, like. like <laughs> If you're good at something, you must sell it. (laughs) Do you think it's a... Do you think creatives get that... Those kind of comments from people that aren't in small business that... Like, is that uncommon for people outside of creative industries? I don't know. Like, I feel like it's so common for people to, like, comment, Oh, you should make a bunch of these. Right so common like it feels like they're giving you a gift of unsolicited business advice you should make a business of this Mm. but it's like have you ever made a business you know what goes into that (laughs) yeah (laughs) like no thanks um yeah i don't know i mean the life in general one i guess would be like uh the whole like (laughs) hypocrite hypocrite yeah I mean, I'll tell Rachel she should make a business out of certain things. Yeah. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Rachel fucking hopped up and came in here she to tell me that. The, she brought the hammer. <laughs> that wasn't even my comment. My comment was the other one. Uh, the other one about the life one, I guess, would be the whole where we'll say, like, we don't want kids, and they'll say, Oh, well, you'll change your mind or something like that. You'll it's change like, your mind. Can we just, like, say that we don't want kids and don't feel like you have to sway us or something? Can like, you just accept our decision? Yeah. I mean, if we change our mind, we'll change our mind. But why do you fucking care? Yeah. Mind your business. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only other one. All right. The next one's for Becca. If you did end up being a designer, what kind? Architecture, furniture, clothing? I feel like I know this answer. What do you think? I feel like it would be furniture. I mean, in a roundabout way. I would be an industrial designer, hands down. And industrial design... Would that include, like, like machinery and stuff like that? Like, building finely crafted things, engineering-wise? I'm interested in, like, the design of, like peelers like potato peelers and like like i am supremely interested in furniture design but i'm more i would say that i would probably move towards more of a product design situation because i really like the way things work and Mm -hmm. making them work well is something that's very do you think working in clay and being very dependent on tools in our craft is what kind of gets you to that point of like i understand what works with this what doesn't work with this and you've had a good interaction with a number of tools that you have a good feel about the design of them yeah and also like even clay itself like that's why my pieces are so very specific you know 
Like, even though some of them look very, like, I'm going to say this word, and you're going to have to understand what I mean by it, but, like, blasé, in a sense, like, they seem very organic and a very, like, you know. Oh, wow. Wabi-sabi. She just, yeah, like, she just made this. Like, it's so great. It's very much designed. Like, most everything is very, very much designed. So, um, yeah. yeah. I think that uh, clay was definitely a, like, a, a compromise to that. Unintentionally, but... Yeah. Definitely industrial design. Okay, Ryan. Ryan. Oh, this is so hard. I got this question. I never, I never thought about what it would be. If you what had never it? touched clay, what do you think your side hustle would be? Oh, that's hard. I feel like the the only other thing that I went back to a lot. I mean, maybe it's just a college thing, but I always like to play video games. Mm. I don't know if that would be a side hustle. I would assume I would probably be playing certain games and doing the whole, like, streaming, maybe. Yeah. That could have been it, but I would have just been so bogged down with screen time that I'm glad I don't do that. (laughs) And now I feel guilty if I spend time going away and playing games. Know. Not really you, on my phone. I, I don't feel guilty about that sometimes. You but. could be a professional board game player. Oh. Is that a side hustle? Would it be Is like... Side hustle? No, but it could it could be a side hustle to like make board games. Oh my god, that would be so much fun for you. Or also like have like a board game store. Like I could totally see oh. you doing that. Having like w- weekly board game get-togethers Ooh, and stuff. A board game cafe. Oh, there Ooh. we go. That'd be fun. There's some board game bars, and I don't know if it's still That's around, cool. but there's one in downtown Cincinnati. Oh my gosh, we went to that one time. They got so fucking pissed. So like, obviously we like to play the board games. So we get like one drink, drink it, drink it, drink it, and we're just chilling playing a board game. And they they actually came over and we're like, hey, do you need more drinks? We're like, no, we're good. And like somebody else is drinking a soda or something. We just got water. So they're like, um, there's other people wanting to get in here. So if you don't order another drink, um, yeah, that's called loitering. That's called loitering. (laughs) I get it, but they were, I didn't like it. So, well, you were taking advantage of the system. We're still playing this game. You were supposed to spend money. I get, we already spent our money. I was overstaying my welcome, and the place was not big enough. I get it, but I still didn't like it in the moment. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, Ryan, best and worst parts of doing business with Etsy? Best. The interface is so easy to make listings, accept purchases, check people out, do the shipping. That is the easiest worst is probably like the intricacies of like understanding how much you're actually giving to etsy because you list the thing at this price it's so like obscured you can find it out but you gotta dig um and then like maybe just in general like i want more granularity of like how people are actually getting to my stuff more. I wish they had like a overall like 
here's how people are mostly finding you. Are they mostly finding you through search or are they directly coming from your Instagram? Are they, I mean, you can find that out, but it's Mm kind of like this percentage of people are coming from here, but it's like these purchases were directly from their entry point through Instagram. I wish I could figure that stuff out more. Yeah. And then like you get your, the money gets deposited and you like, you know how much it gets deposited but you've already like spent the money to list. They've taken their cut. The shipping came out of it and like you get the leftover, but it's like, it's kind of hard to understand how much you're actually getting of it. So yeah, that's the worst parts, I guess. And then the next one is Becca. What are the best and worst parts of doing business with Squeebly? They really do need to need to call it Squeebly. <laughs> uh, for those of for you who don't know, don't know, that's yeah. Go ahead. That's um, Squee- Squeebly is a, to- a term coined by me <laughs> because Weebly paired with Square is Squeebly. So it's different because Weebly has its own website interface, but then there's a commerce section of Square that they go through Weebly. So it's a little bit different. They don't have all the things that Weebly have. But Weebly doesn't have all the things Square Squeebly has. so um, It's like Weebly Lite, basically. Yeah, it's like Weebly Lite. So I actually, um, I'm getting more frustrated with Squeebly. Um, I think I might switch to Shopify. Um, just because the main reason I had Squeebly was because I had the store. And having the Square interface connected to my website while also having the the storefront was extremely uh like it was great and so that whole (laughs) the whole square interface connection is fantastic what i love and what i hate about it is that it's connected to quickbooks uh, and it scoots over super super seamlessly except for one thing that I have still yet to find that scoots over to, to QuickBooks, like QuickBooks seamlessly, is taxes. That's the part that really fucks me over every the single time. The sales month. taxes that you're responsible for paying yeah, so, to the different counties and whatnot. Yeah, so the way that Washington works, like we're, we're you know, six months ago, um, the way that Washington works is that uh, you have to pay a county tax and a state tax. So... Um, you pay the state tax, that's like 6.4, and then whatever county tax is on top of that. Um, so if you're selling within the state of Washington, and let's say you sell something online on Squeebly, and um, it goes into QuickBooks, it can't find the tax. Whereas normally, if you would sell something straight through Square, like if I sold it in the store or at a market, and I had that tax set up with the exact same name, um, in QuickBooks as I had it set up in Square, it would scoot over and it'd recognize that tax and it would say, oh, this is from Bellevue or, oh, this is from Seattle. And so then it would put it into the right category and then paying your taxes at the end of the quarter is easy. But because it's online, it... Um, That's Weebly, so hard. Yeah, Weebly does recognize the tax and it charges your customer the right tax, but it imports into Square and then into QuickBooks as an unrecognized tax bracket. And so then you have to go and find 
essentially in QuickBooks, you would have to go. Are and they find... all uniquely unrecognized or are they batched all together in this one unrecognized category? Like you can find all the unrecognized ones, but you have to go into each one individually and, and figure out which tax bracket it is. And sucks. even if they like buy it and it was in the same county, like if it was in Monroe, it wouldn't matter. So um, that's the that's my biggest issue is that not everything is integrated. Like when one thing's not integrated, it can fuck up your whole system. And so um, thankfully, by the time that's I was a lot of manual it, work, figured it out. But that's why I'm probably going. Yeah, that's why I'm probably going to go to Square uh, to Shopify because. Um, which, by the way, Shopify's taxes situation still kind of a pain in the ass, but at least in Washington, we figured out a spreadsheet for it. But it was, I, me and Andrew. So is that would something that a bookkeeper would do for you every month? If you no, or I'd you have to do that. do that. I'd have to do that because it was so specific. You know, some things you, the bookkeeper just doesn't understand, and so. Yeah, I've had a lot it's of issues. Very in the weeds. Yeah, so that I know that's like a really weird thing, but that's my least like that. Okay, that's the thing that I hate the most, and also the fact that you can't do like a preview on Weebly. You have yeah. to like put everything. There's no preview at, on Etsy either. Yeah, you have to put like an everything at zero, or you know, and it could take like a long time to upload things, and you also can't upload batch you can upload batch items but you can't upload the pictures onto those batch items so you have to go in and individually upload the pictures that's annoying as well you can't go to a listing and say upload and select five and then say upload and it'll no, add those do five that. and load them no you can do that but like if i have a hundred mugs that i want to upload for a preview or like a sale um i would go in and I'd make a spreadsheet for that and I'd I'd auto upload it to the website. Yeah. So it has every single item, so it has one through a hundred. But then I have to go through and add the pictures into each item. It'd be nice if you could add the the pictures into like the spreadsheet and do it yeah. Quickly. The, but like the path adding, to it or something. Yeah, but adding in the pictures is really hard. So I didn't know that you could do that. You can upload a spreadsheet that just has your, what, like, column one is your title, column two is your mm -hmm. description, then you got a price and quantity. Yeah, and the easiest, like yeah, the easiest way to do it is actually to export the spreadsheet first. So you export your items, and then yeah. you just add, then you delete you everything, replace. and then, yeah, and then replace everything, and then, um, then you add it to your item list. You don't replace it, but you add it to it. Yeah. I gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. How many items do you make per month? You have a list. I'm I'm currently making about four thirty per month. I would say. Mm. I can answer this. Um, yeah, Becca's got Becca's got notes. That's how she gets paid by how many pieces she makes. So she definitely knows this. I don't think I have June though. I don't have April, but I do have March and February and yeah, March and February. Um, that's February. my just thrown pieces. That's not finished pieces. That's just. Yes. Thrown. We're just talking about thrown. Um, it's too hard to keep track of every piece that I take out of the kiln. 
on moving yeah. pieces so much so much um okay so february was 1899 and march was 1800 damn you know what was funny i was on a call with a coworker yesterday and they they saw my cubby shells and they saw all the pots and then he he asked how many thing how many pot, pots have you made in your lifetime and i said probably 10,000 and he was like he was like scoffing it off like there's no way you've made 10,000 things i don't believe that i will make 10,000 things this year yeah and i'm like i didn't really think about it and i was like i probably have made 10,000 i was like give or take maybe 2,000 but that's probably undershooting i've probably made more than 10,000 like I've been making since 2007. Obviously, I haven't been making to the same uh, number. But like last year, I made 3,500 pieces last year. Just looking at last year and then not saying I'm making 3,500 every year. But is it unrealistic to think that I have made 10,000? Like that's probably accurate. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. This Just this week alone, and I took Sunday off, 100, 120, 181. 201 269 just this week nice so yeah i should add up april because i have all of those but it's yeah lots of pieces but that's all i do every day so yeah the uh i feel like the hard part which is I'm that's the that's the scary part I feel like for the people that do it full-time jumping out of college like you got to make the money but that means you have to make and sell Mm -hmm. hundreds of pieces right yeah how do you sell that many pieces you got I don't know you got to hustle to sell that many pieces um yeah I mean luckily I have a lot of diversification so that I kind of lose track of how many things I'm making. Like, what percentage of that, you know, uh, 3,500 did I sell last year? It might have been like 70% of that. You know, there's some loss in there, but it's like, it could have been 70%. I don't know. But it also includes a bunch of small things. Like, I don't really know how many I've sold, but it's a good chunk of that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, like, I'm only throwing them. Like, I'm not doing anything else. I mean, I trim on Tuesdays, but still. Like, I'm not doing it from start to finish. Yeah, but, like, yeah, if you make a thousand pieces in a month, you have to sell a thousand pieces in a month. (laughs) Like, you can't just... (laughs) Sometimes it's, it's like, okay, I gotta make $5,000, and it's... How many pieces do you have to make to sell to make $5,000? And you kind of go that route and you're thinking about it that way rather than I'm not in that situation, but I'm like making for the things that can sell and keeping up with it. And then I see what the numbers come out at the end, but I'm not intentionally shooting for a number. I think it's just what you become accustomed to based on what you've historically done, I guess. Yeah. I want to leave that top one for our very last question because I think it's a fun one. Um, So we'll go to the (laughs) ones that were in my little thing. Okay. 
I forgot about your little group here. Yeah. Uh, she says, Becca, have you tried St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail yet? I have not. I don't know if I've ever actually had a shrimp cocktail. Uh, Ugh, I have. I do not <laughs> like them. Oh, funny I, story about shrimp. I I was at a family, or not a family thing. It was at a work get-together. It was like a work dinner. We were visiting as a group, but one of the work colleagues actually lived in Florida, and he was like, hey, do you all want some shrimp? And I was like, yeah, I like shrimp. Like, I was assuming, like, fried or, like, cooked shrimp. It was yeah. raw shrimp, like shrimp cocktail, and I was like, ugh. Now I, I think I shrimp cocktail is cooked shrimp, but it's cold, right? Okay, I don't know. It's, I think it's, it's cooked, cold. But it's I don't, cold. I'm not a, I'm not a cold shrimp fan. So I'm like, I'm all into like fried shrimp or like grilled shrimp. But yeah, I'm I like, don't know if cocktail, I've ever had cold mm, shrimp. Yeah, I did not, not grow up liking shrimp. Uh, this is a new development. Like I do like shrimp, so it's a new thing. So I don't think I've actually had the opportunity to have a shrimp cocktail. And I don't know what St. Elmo's is. I'm assuming that it's someplace in Indiana. But yeah, hmm. so that's a negative, negatory. Um, negative ghostwriter. <laughs> negative ghostwriter. Uh, what has been your favorite slash best year of your life so far? I like that question. Favorite best year of life so far. Oh, I can't even remember what I did last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of your life. Uh, I mean, I would say... I don't know. Prob- I would probably say like 2019, maybe. Yeah. Like the most recent year that was like semi-regular. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Or how would you judge it? How do you dig in? And- I would say, I know I- this sounds fucking terrible, I guess, but I would say 2020 was my best year. 2020? Man. I was like- trying not to say 2020, but... But it was the- such a... Like, I know it was a shitty year, but it was such a good year, too, like, for growth for me, that I just, it was good. Yeah. I think the amount of noise outside of what I normally focus on was what drug it down for me. Mm. The amount of noise and the arguing and the back and forth with, like, what people think about a certain topic and political and all of that noise just like on the average drug it down for me that's i think that's what didn't make it the best year okay um oh top three current artists you would like to collaborate with doesn't have to be ceramic related um i don't know if we can find three (laughs) <laughs> so let's just go with one. <laughs> um, well, I think I'm going to do a kind of simple-ish collab with Heidi soon. That should be fun. How fun. Yeah. Nobody's ever asked me to do a collab, but I don't really have any exciting stuff. Um... What would you, I could totally see once you get the, the painterly, the line work stuff out there, I could see somebody wanting you to do that kind of work on their forms. That's true. 
Uh, I don't know. You know, honestly, I would love to do a collaboration with my my cousin, who's an artist. Yeah. What kind of medium are they in? She's a painter. So, she, and her Instagram is artfully amused. I don't remember how it's spelled. Yeah. I'm getting a painting from her soon. Yeah, artfully amuse. Um, she's just like her paintings are beautiful. That yeah. reminds me, is there a uh, is there a different art medium that you would do if you weren't doing clay? Painting, for sure. Painting. Yeah. Mine would be like printmaking. I always really oh, liked yeah. that process. Printmaking is a cool process, for sure. Okay, what's your most ridiculous clay fail? You want me to go? Because mm. I know this one for me. Yeah. Okay, when I was just... <laughs> okay, I have two. Uh, the first time I ever fired a kiln... I um, fired a, a bis kiln, and I did it completely wrong. I think I did it on fast, and it was like a tiny little Duncan teacher kiln. And um, I the the cone dropped in like four hours, and I was like, "That's not enough time." And so I flipped the cone up and then <laughs> fired it longer, and like everything <laughs> like fired to cone six. It was terrible. And then, okay, and then the next one is that I, um, I was making a lot of uh, clay, uh, cake stands, and I forgot to remember that clay shrinks. And so I put the cake stand on a on a shelf, and then I put a half shelf directly under the lip of the cake stand, and it was so close to it that when the cake stand shrunk it shrunk onto the kiln shelf and fused itself to the kiln shelf because the oh no the kiln shelf didn't shrink with the cake stand you know so that was that was like my oh i'm such a fucking idiot moment yeah <laughs> mine you mentioned the kiln thing. Mine is probably I didn't understand kiln firing and like how to get to top temperature. So I did one of those where you fire it, you do the whole knob thing with the kiln sitter, and it must have been so close to the last cone dropping, and you keep turning the kiln on. You, like the cone never, the kiln sitter cone never bends, or it does bend but the physical witness cones in there don't. So I just kept keeping those knobs on and kept mm. firing. I probably fired for like 18 hours or something and it never got there. And I was like, okay, any minute now I'm going to keep it on for another 15 minutes. Okay. Not there. All right. Let's keep it on for another 45 minutes. All right. Let's oh my God. Another hour. And by the end of it, it's like 18 hours. It never drops. And you're like, what the hell's going on? So it's like, you know, I think I ended up replacing elements and stuff, but yeah, that'll tell you your elements are, are done for. Yeah, that also, and also, um, when I accidentally, I used to have my kiln on wheels and I had an external, um, digital controller and then the kiln was plugged into that and then the cord melted because it hit the side of the kiln. 
And it was on my front porch, and then it tripped the breaker, and I was asleep. That's why you should fire your kiln when you're not asleep. And uh, yeah. it it tripped my breaker, and then my roommate got home and was like, back of the the um, power's out, and I was like so asleep that I was like, just turn the fucking kiln back on and turn the power on. And he did, and then it flipped it again. <laughs> and then I went outside, and the whole side, the plug was fused to the electronic controller, and the cord was completely burnt. And I had to replace the cord to the plug. Oh, my gosh. And then replace the plug in the controller. It was it was fucking terrible. The only was, other moment was when my shelf above my wedging table collapsed. Collapsed. <laughs> in the middle of the night, because I put too much weight on it. And it everything was all over the floor. Oh God. Yeah. That that's probably my most epic fail. The whole kiln thing is kinda like learning, figuring out what's going on, but Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand this next question. Do people s- <laughs> Do we think no, I think it's mostly for me, like should Ryan be dying should Ryan dye his beard, yes or no? No, I thought I thought it says is Ryan dyeing his beard. No. It's like should, Ryan should I dyeing dye his my beard? beard? Yes? No? Yes? No? That's the question. <laughs> is it because my beard is red and they're like it doesn't make sense that it's red? I don't know. It's I got... like that your beard is red. I think it could be more red. Let's dye it no. more red. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Okay, Val says, what's your favorite childhood memory? Favorite childhood memory. Probably just the, like, riding the bikes in the neighborhood. Mm. Riding bikes in the neighborhood, building ramps on the sidewalk, going over these big-ass ramps. Yeah. That was fun. Good times. <laughs> Mine is, um, <laughs> we used to go to the swamps behind, like, I grew up in Colorado and, like, near a lake, kind of, and then on the other side there was, like, some swamps, and we used to go get tadpoles and, like, frogs and stuff, and, like, you know, and my favorite... <laughs> I don't like my favorite memory now looking back on it because I think it's so funny is that um, we would take my mom would buy the Parmesan cheese the Kraft Parmesan cheese in like the gallon tub and we would just refill she'd put it in the freezer and we just like refill the smaller one and so we had those and we would take that to go get tadpoles like when it was done you know and so I had a whole thing (laughs) You take the empty jar, is that what yeah, you Yeah, it was like an empty one-gallon container, and we'd fill it up with, like, water and tadpoles and dirt and, like, stuff. And uh, one time, I got so mad at my sister that it was, like, full of tadpoles, and I dumped it all over her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and that was... <laughs> I think that same day was we like went up there and my mom didn't know that we were up there and she like came to find us and she was so fucking pissed that we had like gone without saying anything and then uh, we were like just about to go up she was yelling at us to get up on the like the hill and then right when we went up there there was a rattler like 10 feet away from us 
shaking Whoa. its tail. And she was like, get, the, get up here. And my mom does not cuss. But she was like, get up here. And then we got grounded. I know that seems like a weird memory to love, but it's like just dumping all those tadpoles on my sister was so joyous. Was it indoor or outdoor? Outside. Outside. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Also, also, just generally, there was a lot of houses that were being built in our neighborhood, and we used to play like hide and seek in the houses and stuff, and like go and like go through all the because ba- you know in Colorado there's a bunch of basements, so we'd like go through all the basements and stuff like that when yeah. the houses were being we, built. That was fun. Yeah, we'd play some like manhunt where people would just go along in the neighborhood. You go around and hide, and then people come. I think manhunt was you come to one base and you have to sneak and get to that base before somebody found you or something. I don't know. Or maybe yeah. that was just a epic hide and seek. Yeah, totally. Okay, what is your favorite color? No. Um, what, what is your favorite? Orange. <laughs> what is the Aspie philosophy of an African swallow? Um, <laughs> what's your favorite meal? <laughs> I feel like I've answered this before. I really like the. Uh, I'm thinking like dinner meal, like the chicken and steak from a hibachi grill with the rice and the vegetables is my favorite like meal, I guess. Mm. The fried rice and the. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you gone to hibachi grill before? No. Oh, it's where they do the like grill in front of you and the. They do the little tricks with the yeah. knives and stuff, and they do the they cook it, and it's, it's good. It's good shit. Um, people keep waving at me when they go by. Uh, my favorite meal. Okay, Val, this is for you specifically. My favorite meal that I've ever had was the first time I ever ate dinner at Val's house. And her husband made filet mignon sliders with homemade fries and a garlic aioli. And from Ooh. that and from that moment on I knew that we were gonna be friends. <laughs> what is aioli exactly? It's just it's mayonnaise. Like a, it's like a mayo. Okay. I mean it's it's like oil. Fancy mayo. Yeah. Essentially. So um, good. Yeah. So that sounds um, good. Yeah, I mean, I I could do without the actual buns and stuff for the sliders. I could just take the filet mignon, filet mignon. Maybe maybe a few onion straws on top. Get some thin cut fries with some Cajun seasoning on it. My favorite oh. meal is anything that David Flynn makes. <laughs> that's that's my favorite meal. He's oh, I was best. like, who is that? That's that's, that's Val's, Val's husband. husband. <laughs> Okay. I was like, is there a popular guy named David Flynn no. that has a restaurant? Okay. He should have a restaurant. Okay. Um, what do you like to do when you need to blow off steam or get out of your own head? Go golfing. Oh, that's a good answer. I watch movies. Yeah, I like to watch movies. Yeah, I feel like watching movies is the only thing that like really distracts me. Usually or playing a video game that might be another yeah. one too. Like I'll play on old PS2 or Xbox 360. Just play an old game. It's just mindless. Yeah. Um, if I want to get in my own head, I go for a drive. 
Like, if I want to okay. really think about things, I go for a drive. Okay. That's why you like to drive a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Hmm. Our very last question. We're, this was really good timed. We're at two hours and seven minutes. Okay. Yeah. What is one piece of equipment you really want to get and why? <laughs> You love this question, don't you? <laughs> I love equipment. Um, I want a new kiln. Brand new. Because I've never had a new kiln before. <sighs> I've, I don't think I've ever had a new piece of equipment. Except that banding wheel. I mean, banding wheels and like tools, sure. But like, like equipment, equipment? Banding wheels, the only brand new equipment I've had. I think a new kiln. Yeah. My answer to why is just I've never had a new one before. That's a good answer. I I'll, I'm going to preface this with I've been very fortunate in the fact that I've had a lot of equipment. <laughs> like I've I've owned a lot of a uh, of pottery equipment. Um I think the one piece of equipment that I would really want to get right now is like a really fucking good extruder. Like, I know that's a weird thing and it's simple, but like a really good extruder that like doesn't squirt out the side, like that keeps all the clay in it. Good suction and doesn't have a dried out rubber piece that's supposed to provide suction but doesn't yeah like yeah something that's just like a really solid like the what is it uh the the handy dandy clay no the like the is it the handy dandy clay extruder or something like that that are you looking for like a hand extruder or a wall extruder the wall one okay yeah it's the one that they make at tacoma i think it's the what would you use that for i don't know like I don't really need any tools. I don't. I don't need equipment. Like I don't need any more equipment. So like I have everything that I need. But um, if I was gonna like, th- I mean, it seems like you really, really want a kiln that's taking forever to get to you. I mean, yeah, but I already have that. I already <laughs> have that. I wouldn't mind not like. Yet. Not yet. You don't. I wouldn't mind like a magic. I wouldn't mind a. a pug mill that actually worked that Ooh, was... a pug mill is a good piece of equipment i don't think i would really want it because that's just introducing so much more yeah that i do not want in my life yeah i know it's a lot i don't know i mean like if i was yeah i guess if i was going to choose like a weird piece of equipment that i want that i've never had before that's what i'd want is the extruder that i've never had before yeah. that like is a little bit like a good one. The handy dandy clay extruder. Yeah. But like you said, like what would you use it for? I'd use it for handles. But I don't make handles anymore. So. Yeah. Hard to sand things in the round when you have a handle in there. Yeah. I, feel, I've, I just feel like I'm so, I'm so content with the tools and the equipment that I have. Like I already have an upright slab roller. I already have a really I amazing think- wheel. I think when you get so far along that 
you've had all of the different pieces of equipment and you're like, at the end of the day, you just want a very select few pieces that work really well. You have very few things and Mm -hmm. simplify, simplify because you just know what works. Yeah. And you're like, I don't need all the excess. Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't. Like, what I have in my studio right now is so very thin and, like, slim compared to what I've had in the past. I don't, like, my personal stuff, I definitely don't need fancy stuff. Is that a matter of reducing complexity and getting distractions out of the way? No, I think that I mean, I think it's just nice to get rid of shit. Well, that, I think it's nice to get rid of shit, but also I think that when I moved from um, Washington, it really made me look at, and, and also, like, having that such a large studio and, like, with all the things, it really makes you look at what you actually use. And what I actually used was two tables, my slab roller, my wheel, and that's pretty much it. I mean, like, in glazing stuff. But, like, you know, it was very simple. And I do wish, however, I do wish that I would have kept that small kiln. I'm upset that I sold it. Could you have transported that if you had to? Very easily. Yeah. Yeah. The baby kiln. That could have got you through right now. The baby kiln would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Plus, with the quantity you're producing, like, the baby kiln would probably be a sweet spot for you. Yeah, it would have been perfect. Super frustrating. That's okay. Damn. That you is really a, want a baby kiln. I oh I would I would fucking love a baby kiln. I love baby kilns. Those are three cubic foot kilns, by the way, <laughs> not the one cubic foot kiln. Not the test doll. Not yeah, the no. test kiln. The not tiny. a doll kiln. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just what thinking, dolls are that small that you're finding in that are that I was just thinking about Gary and how he got a doll kiln and he. Was <laughs> and he put a banana on top of it for reference. <laughs> Who did that? My old student, Gary, who's like the funniest person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, <laughs> he goes, I got the kiln. It's really small. And I was like, well, how many <laughs> cubic feet was it? And he was like, cubic feet? You mean, you mean cubic centimeters? <laughs> how many bananas can I fit in this thing? And so he sends me he sends me a picture of it and he says I put the banana in for reference. And he put a banana on top, <laughs> on top of the kiln and and he like um he named it Big Bertha. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I love Gary. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, I was trimming when he called me and told me this and I started busting out laughing and Sarah was like what is wrong with you (laughs) oh my gosh Uh, one of the hilarious okay so people don't know this or maybe they do know this but we're digging back into old episodes and finding classic moments and funny moments I am trying I'm still trying to find it and if you can find it find it the one where you're telling me about that kid that brought the piece in his backpack. Oh, that my. That was one of the funniest moments, <laughs> and I'm trying to find it. I remember. It's got to be back in, like, March uh, or, like, April, May of 2020. So, 
we'll have to dig a little bit, but that was fucking classic. And I, <laughs> I haven't done the investigation to go find it yet, but. Oh my God. What oh my did gosh. he put? It was in the, it was a, it was during COVID right at the beginning. It must've been in March. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll find it. I will find it. Oh my God. That was so funny. He was such a funny little kid. I was like, <laughs> he like misspelled the name. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. He made, oh he my made gosh. a box to put cotton swabs in. Did it say like yeet on it or something it like that? It said something. It was so funny. It was like, I don't remember what it said on it, but he was just like one of those kids that you look at and you're like, how? <laughs> like, like, Oh how? my gosh. He was just like, you could tell that he like just really cared, but he just wasn't, like he'd be a great stoner. Yeah. Oh gosh. I forgot about that episode. I'm going to have to find it. That uh, that whenever we release this compilation, I don't all power to you for having to edit that together. Thanks. That's gonna suck. Yeah. That's gonna probably be a multi-week thing. Maybe we won't release that for our hundredth because this is probably our ninety-fifth. But yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew's listening to some old ones right now. So Andrew, if you listen, I'll text him if he hears that story. But I, I think I remember about when it was. I'll look back in my stories. I'm sure I said something on my stories about it. Ooh. Classic. God, that was so fucking funny. All okay, right. with that, we should get, get to going. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Another Q&A episode, Q&A episode in the books, part yeah. four. Yeah, get it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it, and we're having so much fun. If you want to follow us individually on Instagram, you totally can. Uh, Ryan's Instagram handle is at RD Ceramics, and mine is Five Lines Pottery. That's the number five. We would love to hear from you, and don't forget to write us a review on our podcast. We read every single one of them and we totally appreciate them they help us out an awful lot and they also put smiles on our faces i hope you guys continue to listen and we love you thanks bye